Hi, you're listening to Phoned In, Bomb Magazine's poetry reading by phone podcast. I'm Luke Degden. In this episode, we'll have a reading by Dan Bull. Dan Bull is a founding editor of Birds LLC, an independent poetry publisher, which put out his first book, Kings of the Fucking Sea, and will publish Emily Pettit's Goat in the Snow and Dan Major's Party Knife this winter. His chapbook, Les Misères et Malheurs de la Guerre, is available from Grain Ghost. He writes art reviews in Austin and works for the University of Texas. Hi, is this Dan? Oh, this is he. Hi, this is uh, Luke from Bomb Magazine. Hey, Luke. Good to hear from you. Maybe some bird sounds in the background. I'm at home. This one's called Lighthouse. The dog and I pass the lighthouse when we walk at night. A house with a door and a long light reaching to breach the darkness. Someone's in there sending out coordinates, orders, warnings, asking the ocean, can you see me? The stars frame the tower against the sky and the dog sniffs the sand around it because that's where others pee. It's all a form of communication, a trail so they can find you. Is it possible to change our lives, take to the sea like the ship, rootless, watching the world unwatched? Is it true that to sever our roots is death or is there life on the ocean? Kotex, Romanoff. There was this guy from the neighborhood, Leon Galitsyn, who claimed he was descended from Nicholas Romanoff, the last Russian czar. He worked as a tampon salesman. He flipped out on coke, moved to Chicago, and a bunch of mobsters burning to death in his apartment. The cops found his hairpiece and false pinky finger. That's what I thought about when the janitor at work handed me a quarter-filled envelope labeled Kotex, dollar sign, dollar sign. That's when I knew I was disappearing. Intersection. There's an intersection out here converging like a lifespan. You just see what the road lets you see. There's an apartment building like a freight liner on one side and a garage with a minivan on a lift. No one drives it. It stays there like a fire extinguisher. You feel safer if you don't use it. I'm leaving because they are filling me with baseball, with Tom Cruise, with hamburgers and water bottled in Atlanta. They drive Mercedes. They daycare their kids. They rake their lawns and retire. How could I ever be one of them? In front of the apartment once, I saw a midget retouching the railing with a silver paint can. We don't paint to have painting careers. And it isn't a voice or expression or fortress or weapon. It's a pillow. It's what we dream into. Ship enlisting. The ship stood on the end of the pier in a town where love hotels alternated with gravestone dealers. I was raised to never lie, cheat, 
steal, but that's how I've decided to make a living, serving one or another with little care of the morality of who I serve. So maybe I have to lie to tell the truth, like how we don't need treasure, we want what the treasure presents. We don't really want to stand under a flag, we just want to stand for something. This one's called the burning of a village. We built our houses from terror. We built our houses from fear. The ash piled on the porches in smooth stacks like an engineer. Nobody came to put out the fire. Nobody came. Nobody came. Everyone was dead. A firing squad. He had shot the children himself. Women were shot as well. Because it was repulsive, they didn't die immediately. He described how he grabbed the kids by the back of the neck and shot them with his pistol so he knew they would die right away. Pillaging a farm. It was all pretty routine. Some men wore their iPods as they sprayed a 20-foot stream of concentrated flame on anything standing. We found a man and a boy out in the field hiding in the chafed cornrows. They went up in a crude balloon into the bluest sky imaginable. We let the new kids shoot them down. After all, we're all human. Burning at the stake. The man wore a gas mask against the stench. He looked like a superhero called the Match, and we were jealous. In an embarrassment of riches, he had a Coke in a can. How you plan to drink that, someone asked. We laughed. Others laughed. Then we stopped laughing. Minstrel. Red breezes went on blowing hand in hand. The minstrel stepped onto the deck, and there was one of those moments that are the opposite of blindness his feet squelching the entrails of those we murdered, a casualty of his rich boy's wanderlust. What is he doing here with his chinos and guitar, panty-wetting songs and Samson-esque hair, spattered with the blood of our foes? He opened the locket and showed me the cameo of his mother, taken young, her darkness sheen like Helen in her keep, blonde, chisel-nosed, a beautiful wasp, cognizant of destruction her privilege wrought. All over the world, the red breezes went on blowing, and we stood there together, killers. Ceremony. Heroes. This is the part where the Admiral tells you you're great for all the terrible things you've done to those people. This is the part that is all flags and no targets. This is the hall where they feed us, where we dance with whores. I remember thinking about Bowie singing, how the shipwright said he was worth more than an entire soccer team of Bonos as we broke free of the storm like dolphins cresting. And I looked at the other sailors, their tables decorated in ribbons, and I wanted to be on the sea forever and ever. Shanghai, kiss. 
we've all done terrible things to each other, but we have to forgive or everything we ever were will mean nothing, said Mary J. in the Spider-Man 3 DVD as we re-entered the city. Shanghai rose like a ski slope of cash you could maiden head down in a cold, soulless slide. I used to believe in just war, good versus blank, and my grandfather telling the story of China, where he saw the Brit general who had a black tiger guarding a room full of beer vanish into the trees where flare blossomed minutes later. Then, bombs. What would the old man say if he knew how much money we're making off these commie bastards? We're soldiers of fortune, birthing them into America. Salt. There's dunes of salt piled on the pier, sleeping like a giant, and then the locals pull a tarp over, covering its face. We look at things differently on the sea. Our names disappear, and we have each other with different shades of beards. When the locals pull the shroud from the salt face, they don't see how it sags, being away from the sea like that. They'll use bulldozers to load it into cargo containers like coffins, ship it off to France. Sun sets. 79 in the evening, and the breeze comes off the ocean to push the smog back into the asthmatic shacks and restaurants. There's a boy on the wharf, arm missing and mouth like a trash compactor. He's selling Guchahama sunglasses and Louis Vuitton Hama carpet bags on a card table. No, there are no weapons of mass destruction. There are no inroads to peace or pirates with hearts of gold. The business of the sea makes the idea of God seem like a maniac because this boy selling high-quality counterfeit at cut-rate prices is enemy of the state. Yes, I miss you like a devotional hymn of childhood. The skies stained with transgressions, St. Peter in glass relief. The soldiers are asking, deny, 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 deny. The raft, the sea, the sky, the waves, tsunami. The raft, the sea, the raft, the sea. This loneliness, the waves against the planks, so lonely, so lonely. The gulls overhead and the fish beneath, firing ideas through the water. The synapse of the sky under the sun, a fist. This thirst for the world like a foghorn calling out across the water and nothing. The waves, so lonely, so lonely, lapping against the boards. The wood, the water, the sky. Why do they bury us when we die? The raft, the sea, this loneliness, unstoppable tsunami.
You just heard Dan Bull read from Kings of the Fucking Sea. This was episode 15 of Phoned In. To listen to previous episodes, visit phonedinpoetry.wordpress.com. The music was by the band World's Greatest Dead. For other podcasts, streaming video, web-exclusive interviews, and more, check out bombsite.com.